Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Zebra Talk, the podcast where we go beyond the stripes and shine a little light onto the lives and the untold stories of the people who slide on their knees and count the threes. That's right. I'm talking about the referees. And today is a really big one for us. Uh, you know, there's a lot of names that are like synonymous with wrestling. And I feel like this was one of them. Uh, you know, I'm from decades, literally in uh, professional wrestling. Uh, you know him from WWE, you know him from TNA Impact, you know him from NWA most recently. Oh, actually, most recently from Impact. You're back with Impact now, obviously. Uh, please welcome Brian Hebner. How you doing, Brian? Good, man. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Thank you for being here. It's uh, nice that we can finally get our schedules like kind of lined up and we can sit down and, you know, I've been trying to, uh, you know, just kind of like end up on a show with you for a number of years now so I can just kind of li- sit under the learning tree. So it's pretty cool to actually be here and get a chance to talk to you. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate it very much, man. Thank you. And I'm glad we could get our schedules hooked up too, man. It's been hectic. Absolutely. Uh, you literally just came in from uh, taping yesterday, right? Yeah, I just got home last night. Uh, long day of travel. Weather was like really messed up. Uh, there was like tornadoes, and, uh, all kinds of stuff going on here in Virginia. And it actually came from where I was at in Nashville. So, um, but yeah, so I made it. I'm home and uh, happy. Good to see you all safe and sound. Uh, how did the tapings go? How are you enjoying your time with Impact uh, over again? I'm enjoying it a lot, man. It's a lot different than when I last was there. And uh, uh, tapings went well, smooth. Uh, they were hectic, but, you know, that's that's just TV. Uh, sure. But it was good. It was good. Very cool. Yeah, I've really enjoyed uh, the time that I've gotten to spend with Impact in the last couple of years. It seems like they uh, they really have an idea of, like, how to just crank out a good product right now. You know what I mean? Well, right now, I mean, and it's not – being bipartial, but, um, you know, I watch wrestling obviously. And, um, I, I truly feel like we do have a really good superior product that's sometimes overlooked. Um, and I just feel like if you watch it from front to back, we give you a lot of everything, comedy, good matches, seriousness, um, um, just a really good solid show. And I mean, I really think too, also the, the commentary, uh, change that we've made with D'Lo Brown and, uh, uh Matt Stryker has also, yeah. In my opinion, because, you know, I think both, you know, they're both workers and um, they give you that insight that kind of like that Tony Romo kind of thing when you're watching football. Um, So I enjoy watching it back. um, And I think that makes it intriguing and actually makes you want to like really just chill and watch, you know, what's going on. I totally hear you with that. Like, uh, I've always really enjoyed Matt Stryker as a commentator. You know, he did a really great job in WWE, but even more so in Lucha Underground, I felt like he really got to, like, spread his wings and show off what he could do, you know, like putting the story over and putting the workers over and stuff like that. And I'm super excited to get to, you know, listen to D'Lo Brown as a commentator for the first, I think the first time, but first time I've seen him. But, um, yeah. I, I never knew Matt Stryker was that good, man. I, I really didn't. Um, yeah. Lucha um, Underground, his stuff was... Uh, so good <laughs> I, I never was able to watch that and not mm-hmm. because of bad product or, i mean i'm saying i just never had time to watch it and sure. didn't, i don't even know where where i could have watched it to be honest with you but um i just so i didn't check that out i remember him a little bit in wwe but not a whole lot for some reason it's almost and, like you were like busy working or something you know? yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but no i mean like he's like really impressive man um d-lo i've actually heard before but i mean he's he's actually expanded his wings now that he's working with striker. And so he's like kind of being himself and he's like that inside guy, like that just breaks down things. I mean, yeah. Striker's able to agree and or not agree, which is cool. And I don't know. I just kind of like it. I mean, it may, it may be me. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I think I'm when I, I actually tweeted something about that uh, one night it was, I think it was last week, actually. 
Mm. And um, I had a lot of like positive response. I mean, it was a, it was a huge tweet. I'm talking about like two, 300, you know, people that were actually involved in that tweet and they were like really putting it over as well. So Very must cool. be. Yeah. They must be doing something right. If that many people are interested, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's, uh, let's dive into you a little bit. Um, you know, obviously you've been in front of the camera for quite a long time, but you always, you weren't always in front of the camera. What was life like for you before you actually got involved in wrestling? Obviously you were born into wrestling, but, uh, what was like your childhood like a little bit? Was it just immediately you're already at shows? Um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, um, I was just a normal kid like everybody else. My dad had a cool job and um, it was a job that I actually really, really, really like felt was something special to me my whole life. Sure. Uh, you know, it was one of those things that I always ever wanted to do. And mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to lie at some point for a while, you know, I wanted to be a wrestler, you know what I mean? Cause I thought that was like really cool. Sure. And then as you get older, you realize, especially me, who's not, you know, not a, not a huge guy or anything, but, realize, you know, you're, you're not going to be that guy. And, um, and then that's when I started to really get into what my dad did and dive in and, and peck his brain. And, and I don't know what age it was, but I, I feel like it was like around 11, 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, but no, I've, I mean, I've always been around it. I mean, it's, it's, I can remember all the days at Norfolk scope, you know, and NWA, um, you know, Crockett, all that stuff. I mean, I just remember all that stuff. I mean, it's, so, I mean, it, it was pretty cool. And then, you know, to see him get into the um, the bigger portion of Crockett when they were real big on WTBS and stuff like that. It was really yeah. cool watching. And obviously, when he made that ultimate move to WWE, where obviously that's where most people are going to remember what he did, you know. Sure. But I feel like both of you guys have made a really solid contribution to your already very padded resume with your time after WWE. And that's definitely something that I'm going to want to focus on while we're here, because like, yes, WWE is like the biggest and most watched product, but like you guys have had very serious long-term careers after your time at WWE, but um, let's not get ahead of ourselves a little bit. Tell me a little bit about like, uh, what's like the first memory that you have associated with wrestling? And what aspect? And like just the first time you remember either like being at a show or watching one or just like when you think, okay, what's the earliest I can remember being around like a ring or seeing your dad ref or something like that? Like what pops in your head? Well, the, the biggest thing that pops in my head is that uh, um, I remember very clearly traveling with my dad and I thought it was the coolest thing ever, sure. but he would take the worst part of his career, um, which was when he was involved with um, Crockett. And he literally had a, a blue school bus mm-hmm. uh, painted blue. And um, that was what he, we, he hauled the ring in and it was sectioned right. off where it had a wall in the front uh, with, with wrapped around seating. Yeah. And it was, you know what I mean? And we had a kerosene heater in the middle and I just thought it was the coolest shit in the world. And um, obviously now that I know what I know, he wasn't getting paid much, but he was working his ass off. I mean, yeah. traveling up on the roads with these buses or bus, um, with a cage strapped on each side, which was obviously the cage left and right side and all that stuff. And, uh, we would unload that thing every night. And then I would sit on, a uh, on a guy named Pat. Um, it was a cameraman and he had a camera case and I would sit front row every night, every show and sit mm-hmm. on that camera case, right, right in front of him, like between his legs, like he would sit there and then the camera yeah. case would be in the middle. And I would sit there all night long and I would just like be in all, all night long, like just watch. And, um, 
I, I remember that very, very visually. Like I can remember all like matches. I remember all the moments. I remember like just totally different things that people would ever even like bring up again, like the boogeyman jam. I mean, like, you know, that was at the Richmond Coliseum. That was actually the biggest crowd I've ever seen in my life in, yeah. in Richmond. Um, just things like that. You know what I mean? I remember that kind of thing. Um, but I, I would say that's, that's, that, that was the first part of where I was just like, this is some cool stuff right here. Like, this is really cool. You know? See, this is like why I've wanted to like have a conversation with you for so long, because I already, I feel like I've learned something really useful in wrestling. Like the idea of transporting a wrestling ring in a, in a school bus with like the steel cage strapped onto the sides just sounds you know, awesome and also very like effective. You know, there's so often that you have to go rent some shitty U-Haul and you know, like drop a couple hundred bucks on it when you could just go yeah. buy some <laughs> repossessed like uh, school bus and retrofit it for your wrestling career. That'd be great. I mean, my my dad's really good with wood. Like, he's a very crafty dude. Sure. Um, I mean, he can do anything. I mean, he could build a house, which he's done um, before. Mm-hmm. Built his own house that he used to live in before he built the one he's in now. So he's like really crafty, and he had this thing sectioned off like amazing, dude. Like this. Sure. Really cool. Had a big plexiglass window that's you know that, that you couldn't break. That you could yeah. look back at all the all the ring and all that stuff and make sure everything was still secure. Make and, sure it's not flying out onto the freeway. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean he had it to a science. I mean it was, and he did this on his own. He bought the bus on his own. Now whether he got any kind of money or whatever from Croc, I don't know about that. But I'm just saying. But I know he put a lot of money into it. I remember he repaired it all the time. Sure. Uh, it was. It, I mean it was. It was literally like a school bus. I mean that's what it was. It was like one yeah. of those big long school buses. And he painted it blue and. And that's what we ran up and down the East Coast with. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, to me, like I said, it was probably not his best days, um, but they were mine. I mean, so, yeah, you know, it was Plus pretty you were cool. just getting to spend time with your dad, you know, going around oh, and checking yeah. out wrestling shows, doing really cool stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, at what point did you start feeling like you wanted to train, either for wrestling or refereeing? And, like, did you actually end up going to a school, or was it all just you were learning from your dad? Go ahead. I'll- my dad we learned things in the living room we learned things through talking we learned through shows that i wasn't on and we get in the ring mm-hmm. um we used pillows we used whatever um no it was all it was all him and me just picking up and watching i mean i, I it, it's kind of like and i'm not and i'm not bragging when i say this it's kind of like I, I i was never like trained if it's like being said like oh, no was, you were like raised for it practically yeah yeah I didn't yeah. go through a month camp with my dad or anything like that. It was just like, it kind of was natural. It kind of came natural. Yeah. Uh, and if you notice, as I've gotten a little older with, you know, doing it so long, you know, I'm starting to see like certain things that I do that he does. Yeah. Um, You know, which it's just certain movements, you know, we both are totally different in the way we work in our style, but um, like, you know, false finishes and stuff, me and him kind of have the same kind of like leg kick and whatnot. Sure. Yeah. But like, uh, but like I said, I, I was never trained per se, you know, yeah. it was just me and him worked out and, and figured it out that way. Which I feel like is kind of how, even when you do go to a wrestling school, how most referees like learn how to ref, you know, cause there's not necessarily usually a referee that's in house. So like, even if like for myself and most of the people that I've talked to about training, like we'll go to a school and we'll learn how to like bump and run the ropes and do some moves and stuff like that. But then when it's time for, you know, the matches or whatever, they're just like, okay, go ref. And if you mess up, then they're just like, all right, this is what you did. You know what I mean? Well, well referees nowadays aren't trained properly. That's another problem. Unfortunately, yeah. That's something I, I definitely have, like, my sights set on, you know, like trying to help 
the wrestling community in general, which is a big part about uh, why I made this, you know? Right. No, I know. I agree. I agree. I mean, you know, you, you, you can't get guy, mad at guys that are referees that don't know because they never were taught, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's hard to, to, I, I don't know. I, I have a lot of visions that I wish I could do and have happen, but you know, Right now, I'm just going with with what with what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think everybody's in that uh, kind of headspace right now. You know, a lot of us had a lot of long term plans and goals and things that we wanted to do in wrestling. That you know, obviously, the pandemic kind of like screwed everything up in a really big way. But you're doing pretty well trying to put things back together right now. So it's commendable. Yep. Um, when do you? When was the first time that you actually like are in a ring? Uh, did you? actually wrestle for a while first or did you just immediately go into reffing no i never wrestled um okay messed around but never 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 was on a card or anything never was on a show yeah i mean uh, i've had two matches in training but i didn't wrestle <laughs> yeah yeah I've, i mean i've done but i mean i'm not i'm not gonna ever tell you that i've done a match no i've sure. never done them not that mattered you know what i mean yeah not, of course yeah yeah, yeah. but i, mean, uh, I know when, doing but well, like, you know, Kurt Angle would always tell a lot of people, myself included, he would say, you know, if you were ever a wrestler, you'd have been freaking amazing. Like, you'd have been awesome. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, I just, I don't know that to be true. I just think that I'm able to um, discuss and, and, and tell things, like, even to somebody as big as Kurt, who knows everything, in my opinion. Maybe not everything, but most, you know what I mean? And I can say something to him, like, why don't we do this? Yeah. And he's like, very respective of it and he's like you know listens and, and um and that's why i love him so much because he's not he doesn't have an ego like so he sure. no matter you know he could be the world champion and if i had a piece of advice for him you know or or just say why don't you think about this see if this works you know and that's what amazed him he was like man if you were a wrestler you'd have been so like awesome but i don't know about that <laughs> i mean i, I think I, that just makes sense you know like like we've been talking about you were raised to be involved in wrestling there's things that you've forgotten <laughs> about wrestling that like some people will just never know because they didn't Maybe. spend their entire life around a ring like you did. And that yeah. just kind of like says to uh, speaks to how great of a, a, a worker and a, a champion uh, Kurt is, uh, you know, the fact that like he's willing to accept that kind of input from someone like yourself. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but how did we how did we get into the ring? Uh, when was the first time you refed? Um, well, so the way I literally started out was um, basically WWE gave me a chance to do part-time work up and down the East coast where I could drive my own self and I would do basically house shows, not TVs. Mm. Um, and, and the way they toured at the time, they would, they would be like East coast and then there would be middle East or not middle East, but you know, <laughs> Midwest and all that. Mid, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Midwest and then go to West and that kind of thing. So when they came to the East coast, I wasn't able to do all of it because some of it was just too far to drive. But I mean, I would cover Carolinas. I'd cover, all the way up to um, New York, uh, yeah. down to Carolinas, and a little beyond that, South Carolina. And sometimes I was able to do a little bit of Florida, not much. Yeah. Um, so I was I was just doing that for a while. Um, and then Jack Lanza, uh, I don't know if people or your viewers will know who he is or not, but it doesn't matter. But it, he was knows. a – okay. Um, really, really liked my style and really thought that I was had a knack for it. And one day I was in a meeting with – WWE, you know, at the, has normal, you know, agent meetings and stuff and said, we need to find a spot for this Hebner kid. Um, yeah. He's really, really good. He's really good. He's very, very respective. 
um, listens, does what he needs to do, looks good in the ring, acts good in the ring. Um, just he, I think he has it. I mean, he just put up a good word in for me, which came out of which Jack was very, very respected then. Um, mm-hmm. A big wig there. Yeah. Uh, and my dad told me about what he said in the meeting or whatever and gave me no guarantees, but just said, you know, hey, at least you're on the radar. Yeah. <laughs> so at least they know who you are and they like you. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, I had other opportunities other where, you know, to go, but I was kind of scared because, you know, I didn't really know, like, what to do. Like, I didn't know what to yeah. do. Um, so I just kind of hung on and, and kept my, 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 my shoot job and um, was in hopes. And then finally, one day they, they wanted to bring me in. And uh, that, that was that was history written. Very cool. Do you remember the first match that you ref? I, it was Sunday Night Heat. I mean, I did. That was you know, Sunday Night Heat and the heat at the end of it. I guess I had it. I don't know. Um, you had heat at the end of heat? I, well, you're a son of a legend. You know, people aren't going to always warm up to you. Yeah. I mean, he's only here because of his dad. No, 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 no. You know. So I just did Sunday Night Heat for a long time. I worked with Kurt when he broke in. Sure. Um, I worked with uh, Scotty Tuhati and Rikishi when they broke in as a tag. I mean, mm-hmm. Rikishi was already in the business. Don't get me wrong. Right. The yeah. Hardys, the Hardys were coming in WWE at the time as well. So I was able to work with a lot of talent at the beginning stages. John Cena. Yeah. Uh, so, you, you know, that kind of stuff. And I was there before all of them, but uh, I was actually working with them as they got there. Um, so I don't, I don't remember the first match. No, and I know that's stupid. I probably should, but I, I just don't remember because I did so many Sunday Night Heat matches. I can't remember which. I don't think it's stupid. Like, it's something that has happened to, like, obviously you have a much longer career than I have, but, like, it's something that I've experienced with mine as well. Is like, I was too busy just, like, learning and enjoying myself to, like, document everything that was going on. And yeah, then, I haven't like, documented anything. Yeah. Like, a year or two after I started, somebody, like, pulled out their notebooks and were like, look at all these matches I've done. I know every person I've ever faced and every payoff I've ever gotten. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should have done that. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> well, to me, I, I don't know. I, I have, I don't know. It's weird. Unless, I don't know. I don't even know how to say this right, but you know, you talk to some referees that and no disrespect that haven't really been on a bigger platform. Sure. Yeah. And you talk to them and yet they're talking about, well, in 2000, so-and-so I refereed so-and-so. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, dude. Like really? And I couldn't do that if I wanted to because I don't even know. I, I really don't. Sure. Um, I mean, I remember certain things and bigger moments and things like that, but I'm saying I couldn't tell you what year, you know, whatever it was. I, I just, you know, I don't, I don't do, I'm not like that. I'm just not that guy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, same. I, I know that at some point I've read like this match, but like, I don't know what month or what year it was or whatever. It just kind of, sometimes was I don't remember where. Yeah. Right. As opposed to the other people, you know, like uh, Flair that can just be like, oh, in 1973 on May 1st, when we were in Richmond, Virginia, and we were drinking rum and Coke. And you're just like, what are you, how are you yeah, doing that, this? <laughs> but that's Ric Flair. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not, you know, some guy who really doesn't have a, doesn't true, really have true. a, you know, <laughs> he's telling me all these things that he did in 2005 and, you know, 2009 at an indie show. I mean, I mean, it's fine. It's cool. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself, but yeah. Right, 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 right. Uh, So let's move on from Sunday Night Heat. When did you actually like dive in full main roster and everything? You know, like uh, you said, you're in there right in the like 99, early 2000 era with like, you know, John's coming in and Rikishi's moved on from, you know, like uh, the head shrinkers. You got too cool and stuff like that. Like uh, when did you, 
which show did you debut on? Was it Raw or SmackDown? It was, it was Raw. Okay. And I do remember that. And I do remember who it was. And I do remember where. Let's talk about that. Don't know what year. Um, I think it was like 2002. Uh, something like that. 2001. I, I really don't remember the year, but um, I just know that I was mad at my dad because he would never put me on a show. I mean, mm-hmm. he never he was in charge of it, and he would just never put me on a show. And in his eyes, I can never do anything exactly right and that kind of stuff. Sure. Which what's cool now that I think about what things how they are now. Yeah. Um, felt like I was ready, and then finally, um, it was a it was a real short match. It was Booker T versus The Rock. It was in um, California, um, San Jose, um, and that was my match. And I think there was the match was like six minutes. That was with entrances. Sure. Uh, so it was just like a you know blow off match kind of thing. Yeah. It wasn't, a, wasn't a big deal. It wasn't much to remember, and that's why he probably put me in it because it was just like all right, get out there. You get probably on TV. won't mess anything up. Go see if yep, you can yep. handle being on Raw. <laughs> get your feet wet and. Go. Yeah. So, I mean, I was really excited. I mean, it was maybe, you know, four minutes of TV time, but it didn't matter to me. It was four minutes that, I, you know, it's better than eight on Sunday Night Heat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. I was, I was really, really cool. Uh, the Rock, of course, got a huge pop, which, like, floored me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was that was the first time I was actually physically on WWE or WWF TV. Very cool. That's, like, right around when I first started, uh, like, diving in and like uh you know i went to my first show in like 2001 and i can still remember like feeling the heat from like booker t's pyro and stuff like that it was a very very cool time in wrestling and i was actually really aware of you at the time and like i remember thinking like you know everybody knows who earl is so like seeing that his kid is coming in there was a lot of expectation i think you know and um people had a lot of kind of like question marks around you like you know how's he gonna do is he gonna be equivalent is it going to be better is it going to be worse is he going to stick around is he going to disappear what do you describe what it was like trying to like be earl's kid and like be on the show and like make you know a name for yourself well but when i originally came in i wasn't brian hebner i was brian weber okay um and michael cole i noticed um a couple weeks in a row would slip up because michael knew me very well and he would say brian hebner yeah. Uh, long story short, he made me have a conversation with Vince, and that was something to be told. Um, but anyway, he was uh, in a nutshell. He was on the ramp, on the side mm-hmm. ramp. I was on the ramp, so I squatted down t- to look at him and was stuttering and all this other stuff. And was just like, you know, Vince, they messed up and called me by my name, and I just don't know what you want to be called. And he just simply looked at me. And he was like, "What's your name?" And I said, "Brian Ebner." He was like, "Sounds good." He walked off. So that was the cue that they could use my name. Nice. Uh, um, so that, that's how that part went. Uh, and then what was, was your that something question? you wanted or did you want to be Weber or was that something that no, they just said was, you were going to do? No, I was actually cool being Brian Weber. I really was. Cause I, sure. I never, I've never wanted to piggyback off my name. I never have. Right. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to go like with Weber for a while and yeah. maybe at some point, somehow it comes out, you know what I mean? Or never, it doesn't matter to me. It, it really didn't matter to me. I was really fine with it. I really was. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it came out and Vince approved it, you know, in front of my face anyway. Sure. And that was what it was. But um, I mean, otherwise, I mean, it wasn't hard being Brian Hemner growing up with my dad in the company. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, 
there were some a lot of a lot of moments that wasn't cool, but you know, and I expected it. You know what I mean? I expected you know drawback um, from certain people, especially some of the refs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I mean, it, it didn't take long. Thank gosh, because my dad never put us together. Mm-hmm. So when they did the Raw and, and SmackDown split, um, he didn't put me on the same show, which also yeah. pissed me off. I was like, what are you doing? Like, you know. Now we got to travel separately. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So, so he put me on the blue brand. He was on the red brand. And uh, um, it wasn't long before I was a senior referee on there. And uh, yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I feel like you never really had that moment where, like, you know, the, you didn't live up to the expectations. Like, I think you very quickly just kind of were like, I feel like there's this like lineage of like the white meat baby face ref. Right. You've got like Kyoto was like the white meat baby face ref, you know, uh, in the like early 90s. And then eventually it was Chad. And I feel like you fit into that role right after mm-hmm. Chad really well. And I think that lineage really just like, you know, Sean Bennett's that guy now. You guys all just like exude this like uh, confidence and this ability in the ring. And like when you think of a particular show for you, it was SmackDown at the time, like you're the ref that you think of first. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, it was um, <clears throat> it, it was work to get there, and it wasn't because of not ability. It was just because of you know accountability. Sure. Uh, you know, and the and the biggest thing that ever happened to me that really pissed people off um, was that I had some issues with with one of the refs and uh, didn't really know what to do because you know it was all of them in a way to me against me um, mm-hmm. because you know they were all there together and they all mm-hmm. worked together um, and it was one particular guy. I mean, the other guys were fine, but I felt like you know they were also teaming up because you know they were they. They want a loyalty thing and you're, yeah, you know, and they yeah. thought I was taking spots from them too as well. So, sure. you know, and I get it. I get it. I'm not saying I don't get it. Um, I just don't get the way that one kind of had to handle it. But anyway, it's fine. It's all good. I'm not mad. Um, but anyway, uh, JR had caught word of it. And uh, I had gone into his office and he said that uh, he wanted to pull me off of the ring crew yeah. and make a full-time referee. Um, I said, JR, they're going to be so pissed off, man. He, he was like, you know, I don't give a shit. You tell them if they got a fucking problem, they come fucking <laughs> see Sure. And I said, all right, cool. And he was like, now, you know, you're going to lose your ring pay. Uh, he's open, but you're going to be booked on everything. So I think you'll be making up for that anyway. And I was Balance like, that's that out fine. a little bit. Yeah. So I was like, that's fine. He's like, you ready for this? And I was like, yes, yeah, yes, sir. He was like, okay. <laughs> so anyway, long story short. There were a lot of guys, top guys on the SmackDown brand um, that really loved the way I worked and loved the way I worked with them. Yeah. And I was not the lead ref on the, on the show at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got moved to Raw because of what was going on with us. And those guys vouched for me and said either he goes or we want to go. Sure. And then that when I became the lead referee there. So cool. little story got there, you know. Um, nugget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't push for it or ask for it. This was the, what they wanted. I mean, this is what they wanted. I mean, I never begged JR. I never did anything. I, didn't, I, I, I mean, the ring crew was really actually cool. I mean, I was cool with it. I mean, it was work. It was hard, you know, and had to get there earlier and leave later and get their days. Before. Getting in trouble, though, right? It gives you a little more money in your pocket. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Very cool. 
what kind of memories, you know, matches or even just experiences really like stick out with your time? You know, we're going to move to Impact and TNA here uh, in a little bit, but like, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about, you know, what are some of your like standout moments during your time there? Um, everything with Taker, everything with Brock, everything with Kurt, um, and a lot of other guys. I'm not saying a lot of guys. Eddie Guerrero. I mean, uh, me and him had our own thing. We, me and him made up. I don't know how much people go back and look at, you know, those Eddie stuff in WWE, but me and him had our own comedic relief. Like we just both would go back and forth coming up with ideas to make me look stupid or him dumb or him funny and me dumb and me funny. And it was awesome. He really loved me being an integral part of his stuff. Um, You know, it's all that stuff. I mean, I had a lot of great memories, a lot of good stuff. I mean, I remember doing the beatbox thing with John Cena was really cool. (laughs) Um, you know, uh, me and Taker made up a spot where it was our heat spot where, you know, he would turn to me and I'd run out of the ring and fall on the floor because I was running so fast. And then all of a sudden the heel would cut him off. That was something me and him made up. I mean, we, there was a bunch of stuff, you know what I mean? And, um, I had a really good time. Um, our overseas trips were awesome. We, we got along like family and, um, JBL was a big instrumental part of my career as well. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are underrated him as a wrestler and a performer. Um, he was an old school guy. You know, he wasn't going to get on the top rope and leap and jump and all that stuff. Um, just so many. I just have so many moments. I can't really name them because it's not fair. There's some guys I'm not naming now, and I'm sorry. That, you know, I can't name uh, – or I can. I just can't think of what I'm saying. But Yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, you were there for, you know, what, like a decade? Like, it's yeah, it was- a long time to make a lot of really impactful memories on your life. And then, um, I, and I do want to do this uh, because he worked with me right by, side by side, but like Jimmy Corderas was a really, really good, good dude to me. Yeah. Um, uh, and him worked together really good. Um, we had positive energy. Um, he was never jealous of me. I was never jealous of him. Mm-hmm. He'd tell me how great I did on one match or he'd say, Hey, let's, what do you think about this next time? And, da, 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 and I do the same for him and just, um, a really stand up class guy that I'll never forget. Um, I'm really glad to hear that from you because Jimmy has actually been a very big part of Zebra Talk, like since it's the beginning, uh, since the beginning of it, you know, like he got added right in the very early days and was always very kind and generous with his time about like, you know, coming in and answering people's questions and like making himself available for like people to ask about matches and stuff like that. And like, yeah. the more that I hear about him, like I hear about Tommy Dreamer, like calling him sometimes when he's got like questions with like uh, Daniel at Impact now. And he's just like, well, let's talk to Jimmy about it and see what he says. Cause he, you know, is the guy to talk to, but now you're there. So you're the guy to talk to. Right, right, right. Um, no, Tommy does talk to me. Um, I don't know. It's just, I just wanted to make that known. I mean, because, you know, he is a good guy and I just really respect him. And uh, I mean, we both had the mutual respect, Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and he has a different vision than I do. I have a different vision than him. And so that's what makes it work. Sure. Um, and, and, and it's just the mind's collaborating and just, you know, able to form good stuff. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and dive right in. Like uh, you end up in, is it TNA at the time when you transition over? It's still TNA, right? It, it was, uh, yeah, no, it was TNA, just TNA, TNA okay. wrestling. So do you and your dad go at the same time or does he go and then you come after? Because I'm not I, watching at this point. And I, I, I haven't like uh, done my. You're yeah, fine. I actually came after like two years after. Sure. So um, what, I was, go ahead. Go ahead. 
what was that like for you? What was the transition? What were the, what was similar? What was different? What did you like, dislike? Um, there was nothing. So I was like kind of bitter towards wrestling at that time sure. when I left B. And um, at that point in time, no, this is a shoot. I could have gave two fucks whether I ever got no ring again. Yeah. Uh, done. I was like, didn't watch it. Didn't give two shits. I was just didn't care. Um, and then it hit me after a while. It was like, man, this is, this is, I'm, I'm missing this stuff now. Mm-hmm. And um, so. Hard not to after riding a wave like that, man. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, and it's in my blood, man. It's like, you know, I don't know what else to do. I mean, this is what I know. And, you yeah. know, um, and then um, the TNA thing came along and was presented to me. And I was like, yeah, well, let's, let's, let's roll with it. Um, sure. So I, I obviously went there. And um, it was incredibly weird how much it seemed almost just the same, just a little yeah. bit scale. I mean, the same rigging stuff, the same setup thing. I mean, same building sizes. I mean, same everything. It was like, all right, well, dang. I don't know, man. This might be pretty cool. And then there was a lot of talent that I knew that I'd already worked with that had transitioned over. Yeah. Um, they were excited for me to be there and, it was it was actually a smooth transition. I mean, much easier than when I went to WWE sure. the first time. Um, it's so funny that, that you mentioned that about like everything just being like so similar. That's something that uh, Dave Marquez from Hollywood has like kind of just drilled in our heads for years. You know, everybody that works there, he's like, if you ever go to WWE, you ever go to Impact, you ever go wherever New Japan, it's all exactly the same. You're all just yeah. doing matches in a ring in front of bigger or smaller crowds in front of the cameras. Yeah, I mean that's true. I mean that really is. I'm gonna get grab a drink. I'm coming. Young, well, you can come with me, but I'm just saying I'm gonna go in my wild house. Yeah, do your thing. No worries, but you can keep talking. So tell me a little bit about your first couple of days there. What uh, what what was your first experience like? Did you like immediately just start working with your dad again? Were you like on your own? Uh, you know, were you guys doing separate shows? Were you- no, no, no. We were we were we were together. We were together, and um, at that time when I first uh, came in. Uh, I don't know if you remember Slick Johnson was there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, we, I, I, I wasn't able to work a lot of the shows except for TVs and pay-per-views because their, their road shows, he kind of had, you know, the seniority there. So I was kind of the, the, the guy, odd man left out. Um, and uh, so then some unfortunate stuff happened with, with him and, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, I was basically their second full-time guy along with my dad again. And then that's when we traveled together. Gotcha. And, uh, what kind of memories do you have that stand out about that? You know, obviously, WWE is very well documented, but talk a little bit about your experience there. Like, uh, you know, do you have any, like, particular moments that stand out? Like, uh, you know, any people that you really enjoyed working with that you kind of like, oh, you see his name pop up on the card and you're like, that's the one. Um, it'll probably sound redundant, but uh, once again, Kurt Angle. Um, <laughs> Kurt's a big uh, part of your life, apparently. <laughs> he is, man. Um, uh, Jeff Jarrett was awesome. That was the first time I've known Jeff my whole life. Um, mm-hmm. My dad and him actually used to travel together, so I mean, I've known him. He knew who I was. Um, he got nicknames for me, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm, so what I'm saying sure. is that this was like a, a reuniting for me and him. Yeah, um, kind of sounded like it was almost like a homecoming for you going to DNA. You know, it, it was, man. It was really cool, um, and I really enjoyed. I mean, I'd say over 90% of my time there. Yeah. Uh, 
And it was just really, I mean, it was just really a fresh a breath of fresh air uh, yeah. for me. And it felt like, okay, so now you're good. Now you're happy. Now you're where you feel like you want to be. Um, all that stuff just came to, to fruition. So, it, I, you know, I just really, really enjoyed it. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, and so you're there for a number of years in uh, the like 2000s, all the way through the like 2000 teens. Uh, and then you kind of, um, it wasn't really that big of a like thing when you left. It, it just kind of seemed like you weren't there anymore. Like what was that kind of like scenario? Like uh, talk to me about leaving and then what you were doing in between that and uh, NWA. Obviously we've talked a little bit about your up here in uh, WCWC, but go ahead and touch on that. Um, well, it just, it, things became a little unfair to me. Um, people always ask, they didn't pay you. They didn't pay my teenagers always paid me. So I'm not going to sit here and ever lie or say they didn't. Um, I've always gotten every dollar that I've earned. I got, I got it. Um, there was just a system that became unfair to me. Yeah. Uh, and it was either a take it or whatever you want to do. And I just said, well, I'm going to take whatever I want to do. And that's something I'm leaving. Um, and if it makes sense to you, it makes sense. Right. You know? Well, I mean, it, you know, it, it didn't make sense to say at that time. I mean, for, for the way it was being structured, it just didn't make sense. I mean, and I knew my worth and I knew that um, it just didn't make sense for me. Sure. Um, I had some other things out there that I could do as well that, you know, I'd already had the works that I could do more with. Mm-hmm. So I was still going to be in the wrestling business and I knew that. Um, and then that's when I actually, when I left there, that's when I continued to do WCWC, which is a, is a Portland-based uh, wrestling company. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was also, that's when I went to the NWA. Sure. And then now we've got, you know, NWA power was going hot and heavy for a while. You were involved in the, uh, you know, the shows that, uh, they were doing to transition into that. Uh, what's your experience been like with NWA? Is it just kind of more of the same? Is it, you know, like, um, a, a, another breath of fresh air? What's that been like for you? It was, it was another, it was another breath of fresh air. It really was. Um, I'm really close with Billy Corgan, who I have nothing bad at all to say. Um, Me leaving had nothing to do with anything negative. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just the fact that um, the COVID thing kind of got in the way. I was very uncertain about where they were going and what they were going to do. Yeah. Um, I was in talks with many people at that time. I had a lot of things on the table. Um, and I, does, I, I, I don't know if Billy could have helped it or not. I mean, because I don't, I don't know if he knew exactly what was going on or where he was. And maybe he did. And maybe he just, well, I wasn't privy to it. That's fine. Like I said, I have nothing bad to say about him at all. Yeah. And this, like I said, me leaving wasn't, oh, Billy, you suck. I mean, it was just Brian's got to do what he's got to do kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, and, eventually you get to a point where it's like, okay, this company's running and they're doing shows and they have an idea of what's going on. And I have a history there. And this place that I really like just isn't doing anything right now and we don't have any sign of that changing anytime soon. So I'm going to go do this for a little while. And if this comes right. up again, maybe it comes up again. And that's exactly what it was. It was just a matter of me figuring out what I needed to do through these times and um, literally getting back in the ring. Uh, that yeah. was my thing. Yeah. Uh, definitely feel that I actually just passed my year mark of like uh, the last show that I did it was March of last year. And it's been really weird, but like kind of nice. Cause like, uh, I don't know. The travel schedule was getting kind of insane at the time, but definitely itching to be back in the ring sometime soon. But I've definitely been very um, 
I've distanced myself a lot from like the whole COVID wrestling thing, which like, you know, no shame to anybody who's doing it. It's just kind of something that like, I don't know, for me, it's a, I don't know, just kind of seems a little intense. Like it's not really the experience that I want to have with wrestling. You know what I mean? I want to be able to be around my friends and like be able to like shake their hands and hug them and like have fans and stuff like that. But I don't think I can stay out that much longer. (laughs) I think it's probably coming to an end here soon. It's, it's, it's definitely weird, but it, I mean, it is what it is. We're all doing it. I mean, I've never worked in an empty arena in my life. Um, close, but never literally empty. Um, it's been experienced, but I mean, it's, it's not as bad. I mean, it's, it's not good. I mean, but it's not as bad as it felt at first. Mm-hmm. Um, because then you kind of look at the finished product and it's like, Oh, we're all working like it's normal. And, yeah. Um, you know, and sometimes some of the pipe stuff that all brands put in um, kind of helps too. Obviously, you don't hear it when you're doing it, but um, it, it's 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 weird. It's weird, but you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah, it's what you got to do until you know we don't have to do it anymore, right? How's your uh, how's your new experience with Impact been? You know, uh, how how long have you been back now? Like maybe three or four months? Uh, months I've like been that. back December. December. Uh, I'm sorry, January one. Gotcha. Very cool. Um, so just walk. December thirty right first, my in. contract went up. NWA. Gotcha. Did you just uh, walk right back into like senior official? Or are you kind of like doing the ref assignments and stuff now, or uh, are you kind of like, what's what's that experience been like for you? Um, it's been great, man. Um, I like both guys I work with. I think they're both good guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to get them up to par. Um, but and both aren't they're not bad referees at all. That's not what, I, what I'm saying. But um, there's work that needs to be done. Um, and I know that, and I knew that when I was coming in. Um, and you're there with Toll and with Daniel Spencer now, right? Correct. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Um, and so yeah, and we're working together, and we're trying to be really good, a really good team and a really good crew. Um, but yeah, they, I mean, I'm basically in the, you know, you know, the head ref role. Sure. I, I do, I do do the assignments and all that stuff. So. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of a, 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 a role or a hat that comes with you everywhere that you go. It's just kind of something that's expected. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, somebody's got to do it. Sure. So what does it matter? Have you ever, uh, you said, you know, you're trying to get them up to like snuff or whatever you want to call it. Have you ever actually like trained other referees before? I have, uh, or I shouldn't say train, but I've helped. I haven't trained anybody from scratch except for Brian Stifler. Okay. Um, Which that was fun. Awesome person to have on your resume as far as like a a ref that you've trained because Brian's a hell of a referee. Oh, he was awesome, dude. He got really good. Um, And I'm proud of that. I'm happy for him. Sucks he's not doing anything right now, but he's got a really good job at home now and he's doing well. So sure. that's all I care about. But, um, but yeah, like, so that, that's the only one I've done from scratch, but. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Who are some so, of the other people that like you've had hands on and like, what was that experience like? Um, well, I worked with, uh, what's her name in WCWC, worked with her a lot uh, in AEW. Uh, Aubrey. Uh, Aubrey, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, worked with her a lot. Um, I feel like I helped her a lot. I mean, I don't know if she would tell you that or not. I don't, you know, it doesn't matter to me, but, but I worked with her a lot. Um, 
showed her quite a bit of things. She she's one of those people that has a notebook and she writes stuff down. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's a good friend of mine. I definitely know exactly what you're talking about. She's yeah, yeah. definitely when she gives notes to other people too, it's like pages. <laughs> yeah. And that, no, it's fine. Hey, I was, I was, I was like, all right. So she's really That's what we picture. need. You know, there's too many people that like, will just tell you like, it's a compliment obviously, but like when they tell you, you know, like, Oh, I didn't notice that you're in there. And that's a compliment. It's like, that's nice, yeah, yeah. But like, I need things to help me get better. I need somebody like yourself or like Aubrey to, you know, sit there and pick everything apart. Right. But yeah, so I worked with her. Um, trying to think. Uh, trying to think who I actually like really kind of tried to help. Um, Did that's about you- it, man. Because, you know, I was with, you know, you have to remember, I went from WWE who had experienced good refs. Right. Went to TNA, TNA at that point in time. Yeah. Had experienced <laughs> good refs. Um, and then, you know, NWA had who I handpicked. Cool. I didn't realize that they actually had you, like, handpick your own crew. That's, like, quite a compliment. Well, well, so Robert was one of the guys I really wanted to come with me. Uh, he worked with us in TNA for a little bit, but, like, really, really part-time. Sure. He would drive, you know, himself and all that stuff. Um, and I liked him. I thought he was a good guy. And, you know, his brother, Justin, who's his twin brother, right. did some work with WWE as well. Um yeah, so, I've talked to them I, a lot over the years. They've been uh, part of the group for a long, long time. I actually just did an interview with um, Justin that'll probably be coming out here in the next like week or two. Right. So I feel like that Jared wasn't handpicked at all. It was mm. somebody that said, hey, we're going to bring this guy in. His name is Jared. Da, 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 da. They were like, are you okay with that? And I'm like, sure, I'm okay with that. That's fine. It's great. Extra hope. Great. Very cool. Um. And we got along right away. I mean, hit off. We were fine. He fit right on in. Um, he also does massage therapy, yeah. um, which is really neat. So he had like a two-way deal, which is great. I mean, that's great for NWA. It's great for any company that can have a referee. Yeah, and I mean, having a referee, therapist. yeah, with sports medicine background. Like, yeah, absolutely. Right, right. <laughs> so that was all cool. Um, so, yeah. So so wasn't like I handpicked Jared. I, I, I don't want to be lying when I say that. I'm saying, but – I'm, I know Billy would have said, is there somebody else you want to do? Um, you know, I, I, I didn't know who they, I didn't know what they wanted to do. I didn't know how many people they wanted to fly, not fly, find somebody local, whatever it may be. Cause we were just doing things out of Atlanta at that point in time. Uh, yeah. So but Robert, but it worked Robert out. was kind of your package deal with you. That was kind of something that yes. was just implied. Yes. Very cool. Right. Um, do you have any like prospects of like training people in the future? You know, once like your in-ring time settles down or is it just kind of you're refing until, you feel like you're done and then you're done. Um, what I really want to do, man, at some point is basically um, find that learning tree, which I'm doing every day mm-hmm. um, to where when I'm done refing or at least limiting my refing because I'm old and can't do it anymore or, or it's not the way it was. Um, sure. I'd like to be a, a backstage agent, uh, do some cool. aging, um, maybe even uh, helping with um, creative yeah uh, things like that um and then at some point i mean i wouldn't mind like training referees i just don't see i don't see that being um big enough yeah i mean that's something that like would be good for you to do in like your time off when you're at home when you're not agenting like i feel like that's that's something that um we're hopefully going to be seeing here in the next couple of years because i've heard jimmy cordero's talking about it a lot you know you're mentioning it 
like an agent that's there, like that is a former ref that can talk to people about like how to ref, how to like handle your refs to the, uh, the boys and stuff like that. Like, I think that'd be really useful. Not to mention, like, even if it's not just in relation to the refs, like you guys have tons of life experience that the workers would definitely benefit from. I would love to take somebody like Jimmy, my dad and myself and just do like a training session and go around. Yeah. Uh, and promote it like as a seminar kind of thing, yeah. but like do a two, three day seminar. Yeah. I mean, if you guys held a camp, like any one of the three of you holding a camp by yourself would have like a line around the door <laughs> or around the yeah, block. I mean, and like I, to have the Portland and was really shocked at the number of people that were there. Yeah. Um, I've done some in North Carolina that was unbelievable. And then I had another one in North Carolina that I was not able to go to because of some uncertain circumstances. So I had to do it like we're doing this right here which was really weird, but it felt like, you know, they, they were really happy that I was able to do something because I just could, I couldn't get there. It's crazy uh, to see the like draw that a seminar can have, especially in an area that's not like super well known for wrestling. It doesn't have like a great wrestling like uh, scene yet, at least like I went to uh, a Sapolsky seminar in um, Seattle once and there were like 40 people there and he was like i didn't even think anybody was going to show up for this and it's like these people are desperate to like learn something like they are hungry yeah, and they want a shot man <laughs> anyway um yeah so, th th there's hungry people out there man for real. absolutely that's actually something that i kind of like to talk about uh when we're you know like winding down the podcast uh are there any people that you have um you know encountered in your time out on the on the indies or wherever, you know, that you feel like maybe haven't really gotten a shot yet, but like you would like to see them, you know, up there one of these days. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really not a, f a fair person to ask that question. And I tell you why, because I, I, I haven't done a lot of indies. So mm -hmm. I normally don't see these people until they come in for like a dark match or, yeah. or they come in as a signed talent that I don't know. Um, things like that. But I can tell you, like, there's, you know, there's some guys that I've already done that I thought would be all right. Like I thought would be good that mm -hmm. I've already signed with different companies and things like that. Um, there's some of the girls and some guys that were in NWA that are now with us yeah. uh, in, in impact. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's some out there, but I don't, I don't know the new newer people that are out there and stuff like that. Um, I mean, and in addition I, I really, to that, it seems like everybody's signed right now, you know, like obviously there's a bunch of people that aren't, but like the people that were like really ripping and roaring for the last like three to five years, like they all have jobs right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of Ziggy Dice, man. Um, yeah. He's a really uh, good friend of mine. I'm glad you put him over. <laughs> yeah. No, I like him, man. Me and him got along really well in NWA. Um, he was really cool. Uh, me and him went out and had beers and stuff. I mean, like, and not that it makes it cool. I'm saying, but like, it means that he's like, you know, wanting to have a good time and hang out and just talk, you know, about, yeah. about, about just be a human with you and not like, you know, obsessing over like every little wrestling thing. Yeah. I mean, he was crazy. Look crazy looking as shit when we went out, yeah. like, <laughs> but, uh, but no, but I mean, I think that he's, he's got that old school mentality, which I love. Yeah. Uh, and I think he could contribute. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know what he's doing right now. Um, we sometimes will uh, DM back and forth and things like mm -hmm. that. But, uh, you know, I've actually talked to him uh, to Impact, um, you know, just said, you know, what do you think? You know, and I don't know if anybody's looked or not. But anyway, I just mentioned his name. I haven't been like, like get this guy a job kind of thing. Sure. But I mean, 
just mentioned, Hey, this guy's out there, you know, what do you think? You know, kind of thing. Um, but no, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not that untapped guy that, you know, does that, that knows all this talent out there. Yeah. I, and I'm, I'm sorry. I don't, um, and I feel bad. He's a really good one to bring up though, because like he's been one of my road brothers for a long time. I did, uh, the like I five with him a dozen mm-hmm. times, like doing uh championship wrestling from Hollywood and like, it's been my experience. I've done extra work with him. You know, like I've gone to other shows with him and like literally every time somebody gets eyes on him, like it takes a long time for people to get eyes on him. But when they do, they're just like blown away. They love his shtick. They love his look. They love his attitude, everything that you've been talking about. So it's a really well, good one to bring up. Well, he's also willing to live the gimmick, which, you know, I'm a he big fan is of. is the gimmick. <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, so he's, you know, if he goes into a bar, everybody's gonna think, "Well, this guy really is just like crazy-looking dumb fuck." Like, what? Is, what? What? Is, what is going on? Which is great. I mean, that that's gone. That that that's gone nowadays. Yeah, he likes not for to... everybody, but you know what I'm saying. Overall, you know, you're not going to see the same guy in a bar that you saw at the show that night. Right. He likes to call it the airport test. If somebody came up to you in an airport, would they be able to like tell that it was you from the TV show that you were just watching? You know. There you go. Right. Uh, so you've done an incredible amount of things in your career. You've reffed every title under the sun. You've reffed every person that, you know, you can really think of or mention. Uh, do you have any goals left on your list? Is there anything that you still want to accomplish? Oh yeah, I do. Um, I actually want to not have the WWE put that over, but I want to be the best referee that people have ever known or say, one of the best that's ever been out there and not because he's Brian Hebner, just because he's Brian. That guy was good. That guy was really good. Um, and I think I can do a lot more things that people don't even know about, um, that I'm where I'm now willing to like show, like I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do some things, like I said, that people don't know about or, or that I'm capable of doing, um, in impact mm-hmm. and just going to let it go. And see like what, agenting the matches and things like that, or no, I'm saying in ring. I'm saying in okay. ring. Like I'm talking about. I'm if if they want a good match and they want a good bump, I'm gonna show some crazy shit. Sure, that I can and, do. You know, going back to what you were saying about like I want people to think of me as like one of the best referees ever, and not necessarily like just you know a Hebner or something like that. I think that's something that you did like 15 years ago. <laughs> Honestly, like. I feel like, uh, you know, people talk about like the Mount Rushmore of uh, like referees. And I think that that's obviously, you know, you got like your dad and Tommy Young and like those guys, like that old guard. But like if there's a, a young version of that, I think you're definitely like one of the first names on that. You and Jimmy, and Chad, you know, like you guys are definitely people who have made a name for yourself. And I don't. Like, I don't think of you as, oh, that's Earl's kid. I think of you as, oh, that's that ref that was really freaking good in WWE. So, like, it's not something that uh, I feel like you're still living down. But maybe that's been your experience. Well, no, it's not It's not that. I, I just wonder how many people think like you do. Like, so, <clears throat> I know there's guys that are out there that are huge names sure. um, that think, of me as Brian, not just Earl's son, but you have, but say, oh, that's Earl's son. But fuck, he's good, man. He's good, yeah. you know. But then I wonder how many people just relate me to my dad. In other words, you know what I mean? Like, so I think those I mean, are the. Think, 
Yeah. So how many people think like you think, and I don't know. And I'm not, I'm, my, my question is sometimes I doubt that about myself. Maybe that's my own insecurity. Like, because I am Hebner. Like I, I just want, I just want to know what I know and, and what I know. I, I know I'm a good referee. Mm-hmm. Um, or I wouldn't be able to tell you all the things that have happened through my life and career. Um, but do people see, I've never been in, involved in a storyline. Mm-hmm. I've never been other than the beatbox thing, which that's not a storyline. That was just a segment. That's just a moment. Um, yeah. Right. And I've chose not to be, you know what I mean? I, I really have. Uh, and I'm fine with that. Um, if you think about it, my dad was a great referee, great referee. Yeah. But if you took all the storylines he was involved in, would he be as big as he is as far as notoriety, um, how popular, um, things like that? I don't know that. I definitely wonder about that because like people, you know, when they talk about like their favorite referees, like everybody wants to say that they want what you are, what I am, what Jimmy is, what Chad is, which is just like the clean cut shaved you know like just straight laced ref that's what they say that they want but then they talk about nick patrick they talk about your dad they're talking now about aubrey you know and they talk about robinson like all these like really like character like robinson's not a character but you know what i mean like they're they're very like animated uh like noticeable recognizable people that like are kind of the opposite of what everybody says they want in wrestling so it's like yeah, would Nick Patrick be as, you know, like huge of a name as he is now if, you know, he wasn't like the heel ref in NWO, right? Right. Like, obviously, right. he was a great referee and did like years and years and years of great service as a referee. But like, yeah, like you're saying with your dad. Um, oh. And I'm not taking anything away from my dad at all. What I, I mean, obviously, he, he's, in my opinion, maybe number one, if not number two. Really? ever in my opinion and it's not being by by, by partial it's not um it's i mean but i i just wonder sometimes like so if i was ever in a major storyline mm-hmm. or if i was ever like in this angle or whatever would that take would that change how popular or how much fans would like me or not like me anymore like you see what i'm saying like I think that's that's a big part of why people did like you so much is that your dad was this character that had this iconic, almost like sinister history. Right. But then you come in and you're this like super straight lace, like just dope referee. You very easily could have been the guy who's like, I'm a Hebner. I'm a Hebner. I'm going to be in every big match. I'm going to be a character, blah, 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 blah. And no, you came in and you just cranked out work. You know what I mean? I did. I did. Yeah. Uh, you uh, kind of touched on it. <clears throat> excuse me. You touched on it a little bit as far as like, you know, uh, maybe he's the number one, maybe not. Who do you see as like, you know, the people that like you would look up to other than just your dad? And, you know, we haven't even really mentioned your uncle at all. Like, did you, uh, you know, like learn things about refing from your uncle as well? Like, and what other people did you look up to and learn from on your way up? Um, well, my uncle was one, um, but I never got to work with my uncle because of the fact that as a ref, I worked with him, but not as a referee. He was always he was backstage, backstage agent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when I came in, he was already done with, with the rest um, portion of his career. Um, I looked up to Tommy Young a lot. Tommy and yourself, you guys got to uh, work with each other just very recently. Actually, uh, you were the ref right after he did the speech, correct? Yes. 
Yeah, yeah. So you said you were getting to learn from Tommy when you were younger. Please continue. Yeah, so um, it was um, it was a huge honor to in a short period of time, um, which was like a highlight in the NWA was being side by side with him, mm-hmm. um, doing the NWA seventy with me and my dad both doing the best out of three falls. Yeah, uh, where, where um, I did fall one, he did fall two, I did fall three. That was pretty cool. It was called by Jim Cornette. That was pretty neat. Um, and then uh, when we were at the one you were talking about, which was um, Crockett Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got to see all the old school guys I grew up with that knew me unbelievably. Yeah. Um, like Nikita Koloff, Magnum TA, Rockwell Express, um, Dennis Condry, um, all these guys, uh, Bobby Eaton, uh, a mm-hmm. bunch of those guys. So I got to see all those guys again, which was really cool. Talked at length with all of them. They all ruined me. Um, it was really cool. They've all actually watched me grow, uh, which was really kind of like, like really touching to me. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, that like, you know, it was, it, w- it was a pretty cool experience. Very cool. Um, you know, uh, we're kind of winding down. I really appreciate you being on the podcast here. You know, I, I, we've learned a ton from you in this time. It'd be great to have you back sometime. I really appreciate your time. Um, thank you so much for being here. This has been a basic. It's been a long time that I've been trying to like, yeah, get uh, our schedules lined up. And then even before that, you know, for years, I've been trying to like end up on a show. So it's nice to actually get to sit down and pick your brain a little bit. Cool, man. Well, I really do appreciate it. Um, I'm glad we got to do this too. Um, it's always fun for me. I like to, you know, I like to, I like to chat. Um, <laughs> Chats are uh, good. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. Especially when nobody else in the house will listen to me. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so no, I do appreciate it, man. And um, it's been fun. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I got to, got to be on the show. Very cool. Thank you so much for being here. Folks, if you want to support Zebra Talk or the Zebra Talk Fund, you can find us on ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Zebra Talk. We are on Instagram and Twitter, Zebra Talk 123. If you yourself are not actually a part of the original Zebra Talk group and you are a referee, please reach out to me anywhere you can find me. I'm on Facebook at Robert Odie Brown. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Odie1Kenodi. And uh, if you're a referee and you'd like to be on the show or you'd like to apply to the Zebra Talk Fund, please email me at zebratalk123 at gmail.com. And thank you very much for watching. Thank you again for being on here. Thank you, man. Awesome.